Hey neighbor, I appreciate you stopping by. It's a great evening tonight. Fall's in the air. Won't be long. It'll be Christmas time. But hey, pull up a chair. I'll run inside the house and get you a cup of joe. I'll be right back. This is Season 3, Episode 56. The topic is pot and update. Back in Season 1, Episode 5, I covered the subject of pot, gave you a lot of detailed information that if you have not listened to that podcast, I would encourage you before listening to this podcast, you go back and listen to Episode 5, Season 1 to have a greater understanding. But the reason for my revisit on the subject is because of the things that continue to unfold in our nation. In the midst of turbulent times in this election season, it's obvious that regardless of which party you're affiliated with, we have an epidemic of disaster being placed upon us by both parties in our nation regarding the issue of marijuana. I read a recent article from the Epic Times by Charlotte Culbertson. She originally wrote the article on October 27th and updated it on October 30th. And the title of the article is The True Cost of Marijuana, a Colorado Town that Went All In. Now, you need to be informed that you cannot see the article by going to the web because they are behind a paywall. But I received a complimentary introductory view, and in this view, this article was contained. So it's no coincidence that I was able to see this update. But she points out in the article, as of October 30th, she said, So far, 11 states have legalized retail marijuana and four others. New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, and South Dakota are considering it. Okay, now listen to this. New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, and South Dakota all legalized the retail sale of pot on November 3rd, 2020. November 3rd, 2020. Eight days ago. On October 30th, she said they were considering it. Just a few short days later, all four states ratified it on the same day. I was not aware of this until I was checking the veracity of her reporting that the states that were considering it were still in limbo. Going to Wikipedia and looking at the dates of ratification, it happened literally just a few days after she wrote the article. My friend, I want to tell you that if you cannot see a planned effort to destroy our nation through the legalization of drugs, especially marijuana, I want you to revisit your thinking because there is no way that it's a coincidence that all four states' legislatures picked up the task and ratified it on the same day. You're talking about a massive amount of money being put behind this and by a machine that wants this shoved down our throats. And as you listen to her article today and her report on what's happened happening in Pueblo, Colorado, as an example, it should alarm you. And I'm telling you, my friend, that we are headed for a breakdown. We can get all alarmed on whether Bernie's going to take over or whether Donald's going to take over or where, whether Joe's going to take over. But my friend, I'm telling you that at the hands of our legislatures at the state level, they are already handing us over. And you might say, wow, Kenny, today you're pretty wound up. Yes, I sure am. And friends, I hope that today by my upwinding that you yourself become alarmed to number one, first of all, go to our Heavenly Father, if you believe in that there's a God in heaven, that you will go to him in prayer and say, God, help us. God, give us a reprieve. This is a terrible thing for our nation. And I want to keep you reminded that marijuana is still an illegal class one drug according to federal law. But yet the federal legislature, the federal Congress and Senate, they have been behind our backs, as I reported in the episode five of season one, they have behind our backs being 
been writing documents to tell the states we're going to turn a blind eye. So they have not repealed the law that says it's illegal. And folks, it's still a class one drug, just like heroin or any other vile drug on the planet is still classified. And so here at the federal level, if you're caught with 999 plants or more, that you will suffer life in prison without parole and a million-dollar fine. It's still on the books. They're not prosecuting it. When you listen to what's happening in Pueblo, it should blow your mind. I'm quoting from the article, and I've condensed it. She starts off by saying, loss of its main employer, a steel plant, resulting in decades of economic depression. And folks, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm blowing through this because I want the message out. I'm going to edit it as best as possible to be pleasant to your listening ears. But I'm telling you, I'm fired up. The depression paved the way for the county commissioner at the time. And this guy's key, folks, his name's Sal Pace, S-A-L-P-A-C-E, Sal Pace, a pot industry enthusiast, to vigorously sell Pueblo as the Napa Valley of Cannabis. Now, keep in mind, folks, that a county commissioner has immense power within the structure of the county. In Glen Rose, Texas, the county commissioner, who has a deep interest in architecture and history, by her own power as the county commissioner, she established a city park in Glen Rose, Texas, which is south of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and she established a city park made up of structures from our nation's past that she had moved in and reconstructed and finished as museums for the city of Glen Rose to enjoy. She single-handedly, as the county commissioner of that county that Glen Rose sits in, that she paved the way for the amphitheater that was built in Glen Rose to house a Christian outdoor drama musical called The Promise. And it basically, she said, if you will bring it here, we will build the theater. And so there's this magnificent amphitheater that sits on the hillside there in Glen Rose, Texas, that came to pass, and it actually benefits. At the time, I don't know if the play is still in, in production, but it was a massive play that drew people from all over the nation. But the county commissioner was the key. She put her mind behind it. She provided the funding for it. And so Sal Pace in Pueblo, Colorado, who personally obviously purports and loves pot, that as the county commissioner, he sold this to the city of Pueblo. It would be the Napa Valley of Cannabis, and this would be their cure for this massive economic depression that came to that city because of the pullout of their major employer. Pueblo is situated, she says, 100 miles south of Denver with a population of around 160,000 people. Touting the state legalization of the retail sale of marijuana in 2014 is the answer to increased employment and tax money for schools and infrastructure. That's what Sal said. These are my words. The dopers and gamblers always promise those improved schools. And to that I say, ha. She goes on to say, marijuana grow operations and dispensaries quickly sprung up and now employ around 2,000 people. Now, let me back up and listen to what I just said. Marijuana grow operations. Okay, when the state legalized the use of marijuana for recreational purposes, there were some strict guidelines put in place that people could grow, I think, up to six plants on their own and use it within the confines of their home from their own personal recreation. Pace said about half of the commercial construction in Pueblo County since 2014 has been related to cannabis. What a tragedy. What an indictment. Pace told the publication, the cannabis boom in Pueblo is real and sustainable, and we're well positioned to be a national cultivation hub after federal legalization. Dear friend, we should be storming the doors of the Congress demanding that they impose and <laughs> enforce 
the laws on the books in the United States. So this is a Democrat and a Republican problem. This is a global problem. It is a political problem, and it's at the core of our Congress, and it's at the core of these state legislatures who are turning us over to this terrible, terrible tragedy. But the view from the ER, two emergency room doctors in Pueblo see a different side of the equation and say the harmful effects of cannabis legalization far outstrip any benefits. Dr. Karen Randall, who trained in pediatrics and emergency medicine, spent years as an ER doctor in Detroit. Pueblo turned out to be a whole other level. It's like a horror movie, she told the Epic Times. Every shift in the ER brings in a patient with cannabinoid hyperemesis. In layman's terms, that means someone is screaming and vomiting uncontrollably. The sound is wretched and apocalyptic. It is caused by chronic cannabis use, usually high-potency products, and it stops when the person stops using cannabis. Then there is the psychosis. That means people losing their minds, folks. She says, I was in Detroit for 18 years, and the cannabis psychosis here is worse than anything I saw in Detroit. THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, the main psychoactive ingredient in today's marijuana products. Now listen to this. I told you this in episode five, is now being extracted to reach a potency of more than 80%. In the 1990s, the average potency of a joint was around 4% THC. Dr. Brad Roberts said he is seeing more and more patients with psychosis who have no previous psychiatric history and are testing positive only for THC. There's no PCP. There's no amphetamines. There's no alcohol. The only thing that comes up positive is cannabinoids, and they will admit that they did dabs right before it happened, he said. The ones I see that are true psychosis are teenagers. Dabs, she goes on, Dabs are a method of taking concentrated THC, usually through a vaping device or glass rig. The concentrate is most often made by using butane to extract THC from the cannabis plant, and then it is further processed to strip the butane out. Other forms of butane hash oil include waxes, shatters, and butters, which are similar but have different textures. Recently, a teenager yelling incoherently was brought into the ER with three police officers, five EMS personnel, and three security staff holding him down, Robert said. The young man had been running along the middle of the street, waving a metal rod at cars. I gave him 10 milligrams of intravenous versed after he had 5 milligrams of Haldol, 50 milligrams of Benadryl, and 2 milligrams of Ativan which are all sedatives, and it had not put him down, and he had been tased twice by the police, Roberts said. The teen later told Roberts he had been smoking concentrated cannabis waxes. Only cannabis showed up on his drug screen. Since legalization in Colorado, Randall and Roberts, the doctors in these ER clinics, have seen an increase in all drug use, not just marijuana. Methamphetamine use is up 143%. Opiates are up by 10%, and cannabis is up by 57%, according to data from the ER drug screens over the past seven years. Another fact, if you listen to what the industry says, we should be rolling in money because we've got about 50 dispensaries. This is in Pueblo, Colorado, about 50 dispensaries, and we have over 100 legal grows, folks. Pot farms. And so if you think about just that number, this community should be thriving. We should be rolling in dough. And the doctor's going to say, and we're not. We are the canary in the coal mine. Our kids are failing. Our kids are using drugs more. I cannot find health care for them. I can't find rehab. 
I can't find places to put the kids in foster care. Folks, do you realize what it costs to put one person in rehab? I have ministered to many parents who have children who have become hooked on every form of drug imaginable, and I'm telling you that it is tens of thousands of dollars. There is no place cheap, and most insurances or a lot of insurances will not cover it. So the cost goes back to the family. Another fact, the Healthy Kids Colorado survey for 2019 showed that 20.6% of high school children in Colorado had used marijuana in the previous 30 days. Another fact, while smoking marijuana remained the most frequent method of use in 2019, smoking decreased as dabbing significantly increased as the second most common method of marijuana consumption among high school students, the survey reported. Vaping also has become more common. Another fact, recently, two children younger than 14 ended up in the ER with Randall after each had ingested half of a candy bar that contained 500 milligrams of THC. Randall said the kids obtained the product from a buyer via Snapchat. Another fact, legalization has led to more frequently use, higher potency use, and now a multitude of THC delivery systems. The druggies are always coming up with a new method for delivery. Another fact, an amazing number of ER patients who admit to smoking five or six joints a day. Almost 100% of the people that use, use daily. That means the use of marijuana is not recreational, but chronic addiction. The doctors say at least one-third of what they see in the ER daily is solely related to drug use. The cannabis industry firmly entrenches itself and the community through the intoxicating tax revenue upon which the city becomes dependent so that the city will never shut down the industry. Another fact, Colorado collected $262.9 million from the regulated marijuana industry in fiscal year 2019. Think about it, folks. That's tax money. Think about the amount of dollars spent by people who cannot afford many times to pay their own rent or who cannot afford to go to the doctor, or who cannot afford to put food on their table, but yet, because they're addicted, they're spending the money to get what they need. And the tax dollars alone, almost a third of a billion dollars. And folks, let me tell you something. The years of ministry that I've spent dealing with people who are the least of these, my brethren, people on the edge economically, people on the edge of sleeping in their car or under a bridge, that it is the children in those homes who suffer the greatest. And I pointed that out in the first podcast that I did on pot. Another fact, in 2019, Pueblo received local taxes related to cannabis sales and licensing totaling more than $7,849,000, almost $8 million on top of Colorado's taxes that they've collected that has been extracted out of the pocketbooks of people. And let me tell you something, folks, as I pointed out in the first podcast, a lot of that is being put on credit cards that will bury the people that are placing themselves into massive debt or they're stealing, they're dealing or they're in prostitution. To pay the kind of expense that it takes to even buy legal marijuana, you cannot afford to do it on a normal person's salary. It pushes you into a life of crime and criminal thinking. Mayor Grandisar said the city's eight cannabis retail stores generate more than $100,000 a month in taxes for the city. What a tragedy. Another fact, increased issues with black market marijuana. Folks, the perpetration of the myth is, is that by the legalization of these drugs, that the black market for these drugs will go away. Steep ER treatment costs for a case of cannabinoid hyperemesis, around $5,000 in the ER, with an average of one patient a day who has become psychotic. That means they've lost their mind, which adds up to about $1.8 million per year. Since most patients are on Medicaid, the American taxpayer is footing the hospital bills. 
The number of Puebloans, that's how it's spelled, Puebloans, on Medicaid has increased from 34% in 2010 to 41% today. Folks, almost half of the people who are citizens of Pueblo, Colorado, are on Medicaid, which is federal health care paid for those who are indigent, who are at the, the bottom of the barrel economically. That means you and I are picking up the tab for all of this disaster that is being voted on and approved at the local level. This is a signifier of the increase in the poverty class in Pueblo. Another fact, a bleak mental health outlook for many. The doctor reports with cannabis, once you have damaged your brain and you develop schizophrenia, I probably can't fix that. So there's a certain number of people who are going to have mental health disorders. Folks, if you will do research on schizophrenia, and I think I've reported this in the past on one of my podcasts, if you go into the realm of schizophrenia, it is almost a 100% chance you will never come out. It becomes a chronic mental health issue. It is a chronic health issue of serious ramifications and disaster. And folks, what these people are saying, who are medical professionals, who are dealing with people who have crossed over the line and who are ingesting massive amounts of high-potency THC products, that it is scrambling their brains and it is blowing their mind. Mayor Gratisar said the city is exploring the idea of expanding the industry by allowing hospitality rooms for the consumption of cannabis. Just like out of Vietnam, the opiate, you know, the, uh, the opium dens, to where they come together and they get stoned together. What a terrible picture, folks, of an America I don't want. I don't want this for anyone. It is a prison, and now, because of what they're doing to plant itself, they are making it so potent that it can actually destroy a person's brain for the rest of their life. Well, dear friend, I've tried to be as brief as possible, but this is something that desperately needs all of our attention. I want to leave you with this. You ask me, well, Kenny, what can I do? The first thing, dear friend, is pray. The old saying, prayer changes things, is true. Make your wants, your needs, and your petitions known to Almighty God, and He will respond from heaven and answer our prayers. Number two, put feet to your prayers. Take action. Do what you can where you are, from where you are, to seek to stop or undo what's already been done. Number three, if it has been passed in your state, in your city, seek to reverse it from where you are. Don't say it can't be done. It can be undone. Number four, stay aware. If it's not legal where you are, my friend, this is an organized plan to completely consume all 50 United States. It's already also been passed in most of our territories, but it is an organized plan by an evil group of people who seek to make merchandise of you, your kids, your neighbors, your city, and your state. It's all about money. It's about control, and it's about domination. And my friend, I hope you side with me that this is something that is absolutely terrible for our city, for our state, and for our nation. And with that, I bid you peace. Hey, you've been listening to Guatdot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I've been your host, Kenny Price. As always, be sure to check out the show notes for info on how you can email us, donate to help make this podcast possible, and all sorts of good info for your consumption. Man... If I can make the show notes scented, I'd make them give off the smoky oak goodness, the way it smells when I'm smoking a brisket. Anyway, until next time, make it a good one.